Welcome to Relationships Unhinged Podcast, where we explore dysfunctional partnerships that became deadly. These stories give a whole new meaning to the term, till death do us part. Welcome back to Relationships Unhinged Podcast, episode 53. Moving on up. That's right. So remember at the conclusion of our last episode where we went back to the UK and you were like, can we go back to the US? I'm, I'm sick of being in the UK. Yeah, I'm sick of it over there. So where did I say we were going to go? Montana. <laughs> Montana. Right. So that's where we're going. Okay. Because we have an obsession with Yellowstone and actually... Since I said I was going to find an, uh, like a, a story about Montana, mm-hmm. I found a few. So people might hear like a few. Yeah, because there's nothing to do over there. Montana stories. And the next, not no, not necessarily, you know, the next few, but like in the next like 10 episodes, okay. I found a couple good ones. Not only is there like not a lot to do there, there's a lot of shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yeah. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. <clears throat> hey, Farva. What's the name of that restaurant you like with all the goofy shit on the walls and the mozzarella sticks? You mean shenanigans? No. Oh. You're about shenanigans, right? So this story comes from Bozeman, Montana. Um, and this is the story of Jake Collins and Crystal Collins, who were both 32 years old. They lived in a trailer home, and they had three children named Rihanna, Alicia, and William. William. Um, he was a bit of an alcoholic. She are you had, a bit of an alcoholic or are you just an alcoholic? Well, he was alleged to be an alcoholic. Now, I don't know, Jake. Who is this? It's, it's Jake. What are you wearing, Jake? Uh, khakis. So right. I can't testify, but allegedly he liked to partake. Okay. And then, so there were rumors flying that she liked also to partake and that she also dabbled in some drugs. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Not confirmed. No. Okay. So the story that we're going to talk about took place on New Year's Eve from 2016 going into 2017. Okay. So they went to a party. Okay. Um, at this party, he consumed 17 beers, a shot of whiskey, and smoked weed. That's an interesting combination. She was also drinking right. a lot. So when they left the party, they left in separate cars because he was with his brother-in-law and he had to sort out something with like babysitting or whatever and so she was headed home but apparently he saw her like kind of lose control of her car and skid off the road but he didn't stop <laughs> nevertheless despite well, we the have fact- 17 beers and a shot and marijuana right he probably didn't know where he was right he's like i hope that doesn't happen to us yeah right nevertheless despite being highly intoxicated they both made it home once they got home um, they were like in a little bit of a, a, a scuffle. You can't imagine why. I mean, alcohol related incident. Yeah. yeah. So weirdly, two neighbor kids were sleeping over. So their three kids and the two neighbor kids were sleeping in the living room and they had this argument. So he claims that she got mad and left on foot. And in the morning, he took the kids and went over to her mom's house in 
Butte. 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 Clog in the Butte. Butte, Montana. And he told Crystal's mom he hadn't seen her since 4 a.m. when they had a fight and she left on foot. So Crystal's mom's like, "Well, you know, uh, do we care? I mean, do we have to? We have to find her, obviously." So. Um, I guess he maintained this story until the morning of January 2nd, which at 8.42, her mom said, you know, I, I got a reporter missing, and her mom yeah. reported her missing to the police. Like, so, where are you? Right. So the police bring him in. They're questioning him. And the police were like, uh, you know, what happened? So he says that story. Uh, we came home from this party. We were both heavily intoxicated. We were having a fight. And she got so mad, she left on foot. So the police were like, okay well like where is she now yeah so he's like i don't know just let her walk away and you have no idea where she's at right so like several hours of questioning him and they found some inconsistencies in his story so they're like dude i mean like just come clean like what what happened like what happened like what actually happened so i guess after all this um he decides to come clean and he tells them what happened oh i can't wait so with the five kids sleeping in the living room and 17 beers one shot marijuana yeah. Yeah. And her drunk. Um, they were fighting. They were fighting in the bedroom. And she told him that he was a shitty father and that he didn't deserve his kids. And that she was going to leave him and take the kids. So apparently he panicked. Meanwhile, the neighbor kids are over. Right. He panicked. Somehow they didn't wake the kids. Yeah. He punched her in the face, which knocked her onto the bed. He grabbed a cast iron frying pan and he clocked her with it. Right. Multiple times. Hang on, hang on. So the frying pan is in the bedroom? No, he must have like gone out and gotten it. Okay. Now they live in a trailer, so it's obviously not a not huge a home. walk. Right. right. But he clocks her with a frying pan, right? Then he um, drags her into the shower. Meanwhile, these kids are sleeping over. Can you imagine being the other parents? Like, are these kids sleeping over? Right. Now, these kids didn't wake up, but I would be disturbed as hell if my yeah. kid was sleeping over someone's house while they committed a homicide yeah so he dragged her to the shower and he slit her throat jesus then he cleaned the entire trailer he tried to take her body to a landfill (laughs) but it was closed because it was a holiday it was new year's day he was just gonna knock on the gate yo where do i put this yeah it's not really recycling right yeah yeah okay so uh so he just drove back home with her in his truck Okay. okay So, you know, obviously the police had enough information that they knew where she was in the bed of his truck, in a sleeping bag. She was still in there. Yep. So they found her and they arrested him. Okay. So they charge him with murder. Right. And at first he pleads not guilty. Um, And then eventually he pled guilty. So, you know, when you plead guilty, then you have like a sentence hearing and all this crap. So the sentence hearing was kind of a shit show. So his attorney tried to say that um, she had drug problems and she threatened to take the kids. That he loved her, but he felt remorse from the beginning. Um, when the when the attorney tried to say that she had a drug problem, he also tried to say that she was violent with him. Mm-hmm. And the judge scolded him and said, you're victim blaming. So um, he... he uh, said that this was a one-time thing this was like an isolated incident and that <laughs> isn't aren't all murders isolated incidents i mean <laughs> yeah unless you're a serial killer yeah well it's different so he says that he was never violent 
the cops were never involved because like anything he did. But um, after saying that he was a bad father and that she was going to take the kids, he snapped. He snapped. Yeah, he I snapped. knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. And that his attorney said that he was a man worth saving. Really? Yeah. Okay, he was a man worth saving. Right. That smashes wife with a frying pan a cast iron frying pan right and then on top of that slit her throat i mean that shit is heavy as hell i can barely carry mine to the sink but then slit her throat on top of that but he Mm -hmm. he deserves a second chance alcohol related incident yeah 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 i could see how people would understand that so okay we're not in the uk right so you're gonna love this i can't wait okay so what he got charged with and what he pled guilty to was deliberate homicide tampering with evidence and weapon enhancement for turning a skillet into a weapon (laughs) (laughs) what about slitting her throat no mention of that huh i mean i mean obviously but the wep like well because he deliberately homicided her right he (laughs) homicided her so you would need to know what you'd have to listen to the last episode 52 to to understand understand homicide her we're not we're not like talking weird right it's like a thing he claimed that he was triggered from stress from a rocky relationship he claimed that she, um, you know, obviously leaving him and right. he couldn't take the thought of not being with his kids. So in the time that he was in prison awaiting his sentencing, weirdly, he grew like his hair and a beard. Like these, what is going, can you tell me what's going they, on with this? Because do you know how many times I like pull up a case? I know, they all look like Jesus. And they're like normal people and then they go to jail for like a few weeks or months and yeah. then they come out looking like Charles Manson. Right. Okay, this guy was fairly normal looking. And then at his trial, he looked like, yeah, not good. <laughs> like, guess what his sentence was? I don't know. Okay, it's Montana. 120 years. That's good. Right? It's I mean, not the UK. Like, he's right. not going to be out in 18, 18 months. months. Right. right. He's not going yeah, to be out. It's not a life with a minimum of four years. Right, right. It's 120 years. And the funny part is, is when his lawyer was trying to appeal, like, you know, like appeal for his, like, He's like, um, well, mercy. He deserves he mercy, right? So the mercy that the that the lawyer was appealing for, because this this lawyer is obviously familiar with with Montana. The lawyer was trying to get him fifty years. Fifty years. Yeah, he's like, can you just give him fifty years? Okay, he would be eighty two when he got out. <laughs> so like, it's not like he's like, can you just like give him like ten years? Like right, he's like, right. can you just give him fifty years instead of one hundred and twenty? Okay, he's either going to be eighty two or well past dead. Yeah, like dead you skeleton can't dust. Throat. And then expect to, like, get a second chance. I'm sorry. No. Maybe if you hit someone in a frying pan because you, like, lost your shit for a second and you hit someone in a frying pan. Okay. I mean, it's fucking violent. I get it. But then after you realize you did that, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I gotta help this person. I feel like hitting someone with a frying pan is, like, kind of like a woman thing to do. Like, it's always, like, you know how, like, historically, like, husbands, like, annoy wives in the kitchen and they're like, where's my dinner? And then the wife, like, turns around and, like, clocks them with a frying pan. Like, how does he come up with like hitting her with a frying pan? It, you know, immediately come to mind when you said that was six feet under. I used to watch her show all mm-hmm. the time, and that was one of the episodes at the beginning. Where, but like the wife did it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because the husband's the like sitting there and he's like he's ignoring her and stuff. And he's no, he was like complaining, and she had enough, and she just smashed him in the head with it. Yeah. But you're right, you're right. It is kind of weird. for It's a like guy a woman M O A or M O M O. Yeah, yeah. It's like woman M O. Yeah. So you know, sadly, but the part, he takes her into the bath in the bathroom and it slits her throat. Right. And although he claims he was drunk, like all that Still, speaks to like some, like some. That's like monster you shit. You clearly though. know what you're doing. Yeah. Because like, you know, now you have to like clean up. Like, so now you're like thought, like, I know what I did was wrong. Right. I'm going to try to hide the body. The, the part, as soon as, as soon as you said, 
you know, he slit her throat. That was it for me. Right. There's no remorse. And on he that. drives her to a landfill. Now, right. now, first of all, now I'm just, just watching Yellowstone. Out like trash. I'm watching Yellowstone, and I feel like there's so many places to hide a body. So, like, if the landfill's closed, go to the nearest eight thousand acres <laughs> next door, and dig a hole. No one's ever gonna find her. Yeah. But truly, like in his defense, it sounds like he loved her because as soon as the cops were like, "Really, what happened?" and he was like, "Fine." He's like, "I'm sorry." I I snapped. I would, I drank so much. She's yeah. triggered me, and I and they killed her. Yeah. So like, it's not like he tried to hide it for months or years or like anything. He just could basically confessed like the next day. Yeah. This you know? again, the story wouldn't been that bad, but he's the throw. Like, what <laughs> right. are you doing here? But like, this also like, if he was like a genius or like a calculated killer, right. he would have been like, I'm just gonna drive her like in the middle of like you know, I'm yeah. gonna avoid the bears. I'm gonna bring my shotgun just in case. I'm going to dig a hole and no one's ever going to find her. But instead, he didn't know what to do. He kind of panicked. He just left her in the truck and he ends up confessing. <laughs> so at the, tr- at the sentencing, at sentencing, her mom said um, she brought the ashes of her daughter and said, this is all I have left of my daughter. And she said, I would never have given her to you. I'm ashamed I gave her to you, Jake. Basically, if she knew like what he was going to do. Her daughter said she was our whole life. And she always knew what to do. And they said, now she can't be here to help us with things in our life, like an upcoming dance. Um, her brother said, you should have just left. What you did was psychotic, to say the least. Exactly. His mom said, he's always been kind, and he's always been open and easygoing, right. and, and that it was an yeah. anomaly, right. that, that that behavior was an anomaly. Um, and at the trial, he apologized to the kids and her family, and he said... I'm sorry for taking her away from you and for all the pain I've caused you all. Hmm. Well, that's good. At least he has remorse. He does. And he has 150 years to think about it. You know, I really do think this is like a really sad alcohol-related incident. Like, no. No, no, no. Are, truly, you, are you actually serious You're right going to tell me that like when people are super drunk, oh that they God. don't do things that they regret. No, I'm not saying they, that they all kill each other, but I'm saying you say things you regret, you do things you regret, you act the fool, like whatever, fine. But... What you mean? In like, this situation, you, it, it got way out of hand. Okay. It got way out of hand. All right. So, all right. Let me just break this down for everyone else that's normal, that's listening right now. <laughs> An alcohol-related incident to me is you get in a fight with your friend, you punch a hole in the wall, you say things you don't mean, and then the next day you wake up and go, fuck. Right. I feel like an asshole. Well, but I in think, your world. No, that's not true. An alcohol-related incident is someone that... Gets clogged Smash with a frying pan. in the pan, head with a frying pan. And, and then you bring her to the bathroom and slur her throat. And you ride go, around looking for an open land for right, a New go, Year's Day. And you go, eh. Sorry about that. He mm. seems mm. like a nice guy. <laughs> he does. It's not that bad. That's not normal. I don't think it's normal. I'm just saying it was a really bad day for him. And you know, like, I mean, because I, I feel like we. It's we, a bad day for him, huh? <laughs> for him. worst day for her. It's a bad day for him. Happy New Year's. Wow. Happy New Year. At least he didn't call 911 and say Happy New Year like yeah. the last guy. So. I, wow. Okay, weirdly. You might want to just stop right now and like <laughs> just admit defeat and carry I'm on. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying. Okay, and then plus, you know, if you have an alcohol-related incident and you wake up the next morning, you have a hangover from hell. Like imagine how this guy felt like with his hangover from hell and like knew he killed his wife mm. in like a psychotic age. This no. poor guy. That must have been the worst day of his life. And hers, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, clearly. <laughs> good God. <laughs> I'm not excusing the behavior. Okay, good. I'm not. I think it's terrible. I feel bad for her. feel well, very bad. That's good. At least you feel bad for her now, not him. 
I don't feel bad for him. I'm you just did, saying you, you it's, a, it's, a, it's a bad day for everyone all around. Yeah, you're right. Bad day, period. I mean, remorse speaks to things. Like, you know, remember when we had like that one trial where the guy was like, yeah, sorry, you guys have to fucking grow up without a mother and father. Like, not because I killed your mom, but because right. like police arrested me and your mom died randomly. Just out of curiosity, you feel bad for that dude too? No, I don't <laughs> feel bad for any of them. I'm just saying, at least he's remorseful. <laughs> You know. All right. Well, good research on this. Thanks. <laughs> Montana. Montana. Watch Yellowstone. All right. We'll see you in the next one. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.